Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Choices, Finding Your Joy. Paula Vale here. And once again, I just have a fantastic guest for all of you. So blessed to share so many amazing people. Oh my gosh, you're go just going to love our guest today. I have Deborah Engel. And she is a longtime teacher of A Course in Miracles, as well as a widely traveled speaker, workshop leader, author of multiple books. Today, we're going to be talking about her amazing book, Be the Light That You Are. It's absolutely fantastic. So first off, Deborah, welcome. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you. Oh, I'm just so honored to have you on the show. I, I would love to begin with perhaps a bit of your background and what brought you to where you're at today. Sure. Well, I grew up in Iowa, which is where I still live, and um, grew up being very interested in two different things. One was spirituality of all things. You don't think about that when you're a kid, necessarily. But my parents were both very spiritual people, and they influenced me. So that was a big interest as I was growing up. Um, and then I was always interested in writing. So I've had a long career in publishing and just in the past few years now have been able to bring both of those interests together by writing books about spirituality, usually based on A Course in Miracles, which I've been studying for about 30 years and teaching off and on for about 15 years. Um, so it kind of brings together all of who I am, which I love because that's my greatest hope for everybody that we can all live our lives being all of who we are instead of just a piece, a piece oh. here and a piece there. Oh, I love that. And you know, you know, I think that's pretty common, isn't it? That we aren't quite all that we are. There's, there's a little bit we we're holding back or we may not even realize or focus on. Right. I think that's really true for me. I kind of call myself a, well, for a long time, I was um, sort of a hidden uh, spiritual person. I felt like I was very spiritual, but I didn't talk about it with other people. I certainly didn't write about it. I just felt as though that journey for each person is very private and personal. And so I, you know, I just didn't say much about it to other people. But when I finally started writing about it, the first spiritual book that I wrote was a few years ago called The Only Little Prayer You Need. And that's based on a prayer that showed up in my life one January day. I knew immediately I was supposed to write about it. And I knew that the title was supposed to be the only little prayer you need. I was so resistant to that because I thought, I can't write a book with the word prayer in the title. I didn't talk to people about prayer or God or, you know, I used more words like meditation or spirit, things that were more inclusive in my mind. But once I wrote that book, what I discovered is that I was the only person who thought people didn't know I was spiritual. Once the book came out, I realized everybody I knew already knew me to be a spiritual person. And now finally, I was stepping into that. So it was a huge lesson for me, not just in writing the book, not just what the book is about, but in seeing how much we think that we are um, hiding parts of ourselves but we're the last ones to know that everybody already can see these gifts in yes. us. Yes. And then we just get to claim those gifts for ourselves. Yes. 
And I, I personally have always thought of spiritual as being beautifully connected. You know, it's yeah. just spirituality is a, is a beautiful thing. Something to really yes. celebrate. Right. I think that's a wonderful way to describe that. I, I love that. Beautifully connected to spirit, to creator, to the universe. I'm always very respectful of the language that people use and their religious or spiritual backgrounds. But just that idea of knowing that we're tuned in and connected always, yes. whether we're aware of it or not, to something greater than ourselves, knowing that what that is that we're connected to is love, it's light, it's peace, well-being, abundance, it's all of those expressions and, well, just those ways of expressing love. Yeah. That's what we're connected to. So that's, you know, my books, my teachings, that's what I love to help people discover for themselves or rediscover that connection, that spiritual connection inside. Oh, I love it. How beautiful that is, Deborah. And, you know, your, your title of this, your latest book, Be the Light That You Are, I just fell in love with that because we are a light. We do all have light inside us, don't we? We really do. And I talk at the very beginning of the book about how saying I'm the light of the world or I have light within me sometimes can be a very hard thing for people to claim about themselves because they can think that it's arrogant or braggadocious. But in truth, we are created to be the light. We were created by the light. So what else would we be but that? And in claiming the light that we are, truly, who are we not to claim it? Who are we not to be the perfect and beautiful children of spirit that we are? So once we start to really get in touch with that light within us, everything starts to shift. And that's why I wanted to name the book, Be the Light That You Are, but also start with that as the very first of the 10 principles. Because when we start there, then we're building our lives on a very different foundation and a foundation where we, we know that beautiful connection that you mentioned, that spiritual connection, and it guides us every single day. Yes, it's beautiful. And, and that helps us also, wouldn't you say, to claim our own unique gifts? I know you, you talk about that in your book, and I love that, because truly, we, we are so unique, each one of us. We are, right. And I talk in the book about, this is chapter two, actually, in the book, it talks about the power of the mind. One of the things that's so essential to these teachings, along with knowing that we are the light, is to know that we all have two minds. We have that small ego, fear-based mind that's always afraid it'll make a mistake or that it's not lovable or that it doesn't matter or it's going to disappoint someone. But we also have this higher mind. And that's the part of us that remembers we're connected always to source energy and delight. That's the part of us that can acknowledge and honor and celebrate and name the gifts that we have within us. If we're over there in the fear-based mind, we're always going to be tearing ourselves down, thinking we didn't do enough. But when we remember that light that we are through that higher mind and our spiritual connection, then we can see our gifts clearly and we can claim them. Again, knowing that's not arrogant, 
but that it's exactly who and what we're meant to be. So, you know, it's, it's like the greatest thing because when we're using our gifts in this world, we get to be joyful, we get to be happy, and it's all about spreading that joy and happiness to other people because that's what our gifts do, right? We're all, we all came into this world with gifts to express and extend into this world and the joy for everyone is in saying yes to those. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is just such a powerful statement. And, you know, and that also helps us with uh, fostering self-love, doesn't it? It does, right. Which, you know, so often we think about self-love being going to get a massage and a salad and having kind of a spa day, which is great. I have... I think that's a wonderful thing. <laughs> but self-love with a capital S is really more about honoring and nurturing that higher self. Again, it's the things that we do that help us remember how connected we are to love and light and how much we can do in this world to be kind, to be happy, to be joyful. I have a line in the book that says that you really are one of the, the greatest acts of self-love is to decide what will have power over us in our lives and what won't. And what I mean by that is that if we are deciding that um, anger or fear or guilt or shame, um, those things will have power over us, then we're really in that place of fear. We're in that small self. But when we decide that what will have power over us is love and light, all of the things that are not coming at us from the outside, but that are coming through us from the inside, oh. then that's self-love. It's choosing, yeah, choosing <laughs> to be in that, that place, that grandeur, that energy of love and light that we are. Yes, yes. And loving ourselves really does also, I believe, open us up to such manifestation and you know, loving ourselves and then forgiving ourselves and, and being less critical is important too, isn't it? It really is. And I think this is where often the word forgiveness can have a different connotation too. This book is really taking so many of the things that we know are important in our lives, like forgiveness, self-care, self-love, letting go of judgment, getting beyond the drama and chaos, but it's taking all of those principles and turning them on their head so that we can see them differently. Not from the fear-based mind, the ego mind, but from the higher mind. So again, with forgiveness, you know, the way the ego looks at forgiveness is, well, that person hurt me, but I guess I have to be the better person and let them off the hook and pretend that it doesn't hurt anymore. And maybe then I'll feel better. Mm -hmm. Well, I think probably all of us have tried that and it may work temporarily but inside on some level there's still resentment or anger or a sense of betrayal a grudge that we're holding on to mm -hmm. but when we look at forgiveness from the light from the higher self that we are then we're recognizing that we are all connected for one thing uh, we're all connected through the light and the love that we are we were all created by the same source and so we all have the ego mind that does things out of fear. And sometimes those things are hurtful to ourselves and other people. But you know what? We all do them. 
So if somebody does something that seems hurtful to me, my opportunity as the light is to look at that person and think, wow, they, they were acting out of fear. Have I ever acted out of fear? All the time. It allows me to have compassion for that person and also to know that self-forgiveness, forgiveness of every kind, is really about loving ourselves more. Because when we can be in a place of really love, light, grandeur, peace, that inner knowing of connection, then we're kind of like Teflon. You know, things that people do that could hurt us just don't. Yes. And forgiveness is really no longer needed. Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating. It's so fascinating. I love exploring these principles. And then in the book, I really wanted to share examples. What does this look like? Because it's one thing to talk about all of this, but really what we want to do is live it. Bring these teachings, these ways of, of seeing things into our everyday life and live them in the smallest, simplest things and the biggest things. So there are lots of examples throughout the book. The ones about forgiveness, I think, are especially powerful um, because they speak to this different way of seeing what forgiveness is all about. Yes, yes. And I know you mentioned rise above the battlefield. I thought that was a fantastic statement. What, do you, what did you mean by that? Right. And that's really something that A Course in Miracles talks about very directly. All of these principles, because I have been um, such an, an avid student of the Course for so many years, really these principles are based on the Course and on other spiritual teachings as well, because all of these are universal. Um, but rising above the battleground is the idea that Again, when we're in our ego mind, that smaller mind, we're always looking out at the outer world, trying to figure out, are we okay? Am I safe? Does somebody like me? Do they not like me? Am I feeling attacked? Do I need to defend myself? We do this unconsciously or subconsciously, but honestly, it's going on all the time. That's a lot of drama, and it is much like a battleground or a battlefield. In the book, I also talk about it as being kind of like a chess game because we're always trying to anticipate somebody else's move and then what will we do in response? It's no wonder we're tired. You know, this is exhausting to try to live in that mind and always be afraid of what's going to happen next. So what happens when we remember that we're the light and we, again, we remember our connection to spirit and source energy we no longer need to be anticipating any kind of attack or defense because now we can look at what's going on inside of ourselves and outside of us through the lens of compassion, love, forgiveness, understanding, oneness, and all of that helps then to just elevate us. We rise above that battleground, especially when we ask for spirit to help us rise and, you know, so this way, if we're in a situation, let's say you're in a kind of a contentious meeting at work, you can in that moment think to yourself, wow, you know, there's a lot of conflict energy going on. There's a lot of fear flying around here. I could easily get triggered by this, but I want to rise above this and help bring a different level of energy into this very moment. So spirit, source, creator, help lift me up above the battleground so that I can see all of this through the eyes of love, 
so that I can literally send compassion and healing to everyone in this room and so that I can respond through the energy of love, consensus, trying to find common ground, unity, rather than feeling attacked and pushing back. So it just, it's a shift. It's that inner shift that we can go to anywhere, anytime, not to try to hide from the world, but to be fully engaged in the world and to bring a different kind of energy to it. Yes. Yes. And isn't it so wonderful, Deborah, when, you know, we make that personal choice to be in that higher level of uh, energy and vibration by choosing the, the more positive outlook and that everyone around us feels that, that brings more of that in and together, you know, that just grows. It's like this beautiful cloud just grows. It does. It does. Of course, in Miracle says, really our only job here, no matter what our work, our job title, our relationships, the roles we play, really what we're all doing here is to extend more joy, love, and forgiveness into this world, to literally shine our light as bright as we can. And yeah. so when we're doing that, yeah, we give other people permission to do the same thing. And it is, it is, it's exactly what you said. It just, it's like a contagion, a really positive, <laughs> wonderful contagion that spreads and spreads and gives other people then, um, it helps all of us remember who and what we are as child of, children of spirit so that we can live our lives that way every single day. Yes. And, and that joy just comes around and comes right back to us, doesn't it? It does. When we share. I think, yeah, joy is. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think it, right. Joy is, uh, I think, such a wonderful thing to really focus on, not just because it makes us feel good, but because it makes other people feel good too, obviously. It's something that um, when I really took a look at this back a few years ago, I was, had a situation where I was, um, you know, just kind of looking at the word joy and wanting to understand it more. And what I realized is that from the ego mind, we're really afraid of joy. It's kind of like the idea that the other shoe will drop. You know, that's something that we all just sort of pick up, a common belief that's out there in the collective unconscious. And so we, we start to live according to it. And of course, the other shoe will drop is the idea that if something good happens, then we have to be afraid because something bad's going to happen. Yes. And I had an experience years ago where I clearly got the message, there is no other shoe. There's just no other shoe. <laughs> and when I got that message, I realized it's true. The only reason I experience negative things after something good happens is because I'm looking for something negative to happen. I'm expecting it. I'm creating it. And that creates and that a fear of joy. So yeah. when I understood that, yes, it's, it's insane. <laughs> it's, why in the world would we be afraid of joy? But we do it. We all do it on an ego level. This, I think, is one of those things that we love about children. They haven't been taught yet to be afraid of joy. So they're just playing. They have wonder and curiosity and that innocence and pure, pure joy because it just flows through them. 
you know, I think the, the whole idea that we want to be as little children, that's a big piece of what it means. Just let that joy flow through. Yes. And, you know, I, I just am always so amazed and think it's so fun if, you know, you can walk into a crowded room with a big smile on your face and share a compliment or, or, you know, a nice gesture and you just see the difference it can make for others and how that can spread. Absolutely. And I think that too is such an important point because we just don't have any idea how much of an impact our presence, our light, our smile, our kindness can make in this world. But I know all of us have been with people I remember being in a, um, I was presenting a workshop back a couple of years ago, and about halfway through the workshop, a gentleman just stepped into the room just to kind of say hi, because it was held in a church, and of course, he knew people in the church, so he just sort of came in to say hello and greet everyone. He had the most peaceful presence. He probably didn't say more than 20 words. He wasn't there for more than a minute, but he just brought this essence of peace into the room with him and left it there for all of us when he, when he left. And it was such a wonderful example of, you know, we don't have to strive and work hard and struggle to prove ourselves or to do something important in this world. Really all we have to do is just open up to that light flowing through us, feel it. And, you know, when I talk about this in the book and with classes and clients, I um, invite people to do just a very simple thing, and that is just to stand or sit with your hands outstretched, your palms up, and just start to feel the energy flowing through you as though it's coming down from the heavens, coming down through the top of your head, your crown chakra, into your body, down into the earth, and then just share it with the world. You don't have to be in charge or control where it goes, who it touches, how it's used. That's the trust of all of this. We trust spirit to use our light in the highest possible way. Sometimes we'll know what that is, and sometimes we won't, and that's absolutely okay. Yes. Our job is to share it and get out of the way. Yeah. I love that. I love that, Deborah, because really not knowing is okay, and really it's exciting because when we trust and open up to that manifestation, Things can happen in our lives that we had not even dreamed possible. Yeah, absolutely. That's really true. You know, just recently, probably, you know, we could think of so many examples of this. But one, um, just last week, a friend of mine has um, been kind of going back and forth about her work because it's extremely demanding. She loves it. She's excited to be with this company, but it has been very depleting because it's almost like a 24-7 job. Yeah. So she was really debating and wrestling with what she was going to do. And once she stepped into remembering, oh, I'm here to be the light, to do that in a way that fills me up and fills other people up, she just not you know, had hardly stepped into that place of remembering. And all of a sudden, she got three job possibilities <laughs> handed to her. So now she had options, you know, of what she could do. She could stay with where she was. She could move on to something different. But it was the energy shift. It was just remembering that none of us needs to be stuck or, 
feel captive, feel imprisoned by something that feels hard or doesn't work for us. And I know that for some people that can feel like magical thinking. You know, if you're working hard at a job and having a hard time paying your bills and you're a single mom and you've got kids to raise, there are a lot of challenges in your life. And it may seem like, you know, it's just for a few people who can have wonderful things happen for them out of the blue. But I can tell you from my own experience and the experience of so many people, instead of waiting for something outside ourselves to change so that we can feel better, so that our lives can be easier and more peaceful and joyful, it always starts with going inside ourselves, feeling that love and peace first, and then things start to open up for us in very unexpected ways. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so true because really we do have that power, don't we? We have the power of our thoughts and our actions. My gosh, I love that, Deborah. We have just a few minutes left in the show. What, what last words do you want to share with everybody today? And I, and I also would like you to share your website information, if you would, please. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, my website is DebraEngel.com. So that's D-E-B-R-A-E-N-G-L-E. And I really invite everyone to come check things out. I have a lot of free teleclasses, videos, um, opportunities, lots of events coming up. You can sign up for my newsletter and hear about all of the upcoming events. I try to be very careful not to overload people's email boxes but to really send out content that I think will be helpful for everyone. So hope that you will come and check things out there. Um, and you know, the final things that I want to say to everyone is just really take that time every day to go within yourself. That first step sometimes can feel a little scary, you know, if you're not used to having quiet time to meditation or prayer or journaling. Um, it can feel like, if I look inside myself, maybe I'm going to find something awful. But I can guarantee you that when you start to look inside yourself, you will see light. You will see love, beauty, joy, gifts. So take that time, even if it's five minutes every day, to start your day, get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, sit down, have some quiet time, and just turn within. Yep. <laughs> Um, and ask to see and feel that light within you. And it's there. It's there. You will get to know it, touch it, hear it, feel it. And uh, as you start to really live your life by that light, you will see magnificent changes. Oh, Deborah, thank you. I'm so happy to have connected with you and had the opportunity to share you with my awesome audience and my gosh, thank you for the beautiful light that you are sharing with us, Deborah. <sighs> thank you. And the same to you, Paula. Thank you for all of the, the amazing work that you do in this world and the way that you shine your light and joy every day. Oh, thank you so much. Love, hugs, and blessings. And to everyone out there, love, hugs, and blessings. See you next week. Thank you. 
Are you looking to open the beautiful door to the beautiful modality of Reiki, a hands-on energy healing modality? Radio host, Reiki master, speaker, and published author, Paula Vale would be honored to assist you in your Reiki training. For details, go to wellnessinspired.com. You may also contact Paula at paula at wellnessinspired.com to schedule your training.